Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. Happy to be with you talking golf. A little bit of a letdown factor in play this week, the week after a major. But uh, of course, we have to recap the Open Championship a little bit uh, as well. And uh, to do that, you have the usual two suspects here tonight Justin Van Zuden, that's me, STL Cardinals 84. Derek Farnsworth, a.k.a. Notorious, that's him alongside. Noto, what's going on? Yeah, not much. You would think uh, Brian Harmon, my guy, winning the Open would be a a special Sunday for me. But uh, it was one of the worst Sundays I can remember in terms of, uh, you know, my bets and how they ended up. So uh, still tilting a little bit from the Open and uh, obviously didn't provide a lot of drama for TV on Sunday. Yeah, that was a boring final round. Uh, you know, I think he led by four or five, basically the whole final round. The only real drama you got was when he bogeyed, what, number two, one of the first two holes. Um, and then, you know, it was smooth sailing from there for Brian Harmon, which I'm sure was just fine by him uh, to go ahead and uh, and have a stress-free major championship uh, at very long shot odds. And uh, we've had that kind of be a theme this year in some of the bigger tournaments. Uh, so kudos to Brian Harmon uh, for getting it done. And uh, even though it wasn't, you know, the most spectacular uh, viewing on Sunday. And of course it was raining. I, I could not live in Scotland. I could not do it. I couldn't live basically probably anywhere uh, in that general area, wherever they hold all the opens because 
you cannot go like two days without rain and that just isn't for me so uh i don't know i, I just i can i can't i need sunshine uh but uh brian Harmon gets the win uh you had a group of golfers that just couldn't get close enough you know you feel like if somebody could have got to like nine under through nine or ten you know maybe that would have put the pressure on him a little bit but uh, just didn't really have anybody make that push yeah, you know who didn't make the push is uh, Victor Hovland and Tommy Fleetwood, uh, two of the worst Sundays I can remember. Well, I mean, Tommy was fine until 17. But, uh, yeah, had top tens on both of them. They both fell out. Um, and then, you know, Rom and all the, everyone else right up there. I mean, Seb Shaka and Tom Kim were, like, giving, giving him the best uh, sweat that he could have. Like, none of the big guys ended up showing up on Sunday. So that was a, a little disappointing. And then, I mean – so I, after all my bets fell apart, so I had a top 40 parlay. Nobody wants to hear my bad beat story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Um, and I had Moronk in it. It was 20 to 1. I only needed three guys. Moronk went like 400 on Sunday to get inside the top 40. And then Jordan Smith finished T41. Um, so that ruined that parlay. And then I uh, also had an outright on Patrick Rogers, who uh, I don't know if you watched the Barracuda. I, did, I didn't but, watch uh, it, but I, I followed the end. <laughs> that was, He led for like 15 holes. Akshay birdies 18. Then uh, they go to a playoff and uh, his drive lands in a divot that wasn't all the way filled with sand. So it was uh, it was a Sunday for sure. <laughs> well, we'll look to wipe that clean, hopefully, and move on to a new week. Um, other you know notable finishes. Uh, some of these guys that that finished inside the top ten. Uh, Sepp Straka probably one of the more notable uh, finishes inside the top five there. Uh, he's having a really solid summer T2 for him. Jason Day uh, had a really solid week. Uh, Grillo inside the top 10 as well. Sharma was another guy that uh, just played pretty steady throughout the four days. So, um, you know, maybe saw a little better scoring, particularly on Saturday with the wind. Uh, they didn't exactly use the the most difficult whole uh, locations on Saturday, but um, still impressive performances from some of those guys. Scheffler didn't do anything all week, barely squeaked through the cut, but uh, somehow backdoored another top 25 finish, uh, finishing T23 with a really good round on Sunday. And you just had a whole bunch of guys kind of in that middling tier. Spieth, Fowler, uh, Ustazen, Scheffler were all even par at the end of the tournament. Um, Cam Smith <clears throat> made an eagle on his final hole on Friday to make the cut. Patrick Reed, Patrick Cantlay all finished plus one. So just guys that were uh, not able to to get up and challenge the contender, well, the contender, I guess, singular, comes Sunday. A uh, few notable names that missed the cut last week. Colin Morikawa missed on the number. Uh, Thigala, Joaquin Neiman missed by a couple strokes. Justin Rose was one of the bigger disappointments last week. Um, Shane Lowry, you know, conditions that he usually plays well in, uh, was well back of the cut line. And, you know, I, I think the, the topic that just has to be discussed at this point um, – I mean, how how worried are we about Justin Thomas? Like, this is Ricky Fowler from a couple of years ago at this point. And Justin Thomas now, he's playing this week because with the new format, he's outside the, the playoff line, um, which is coming up here shortly. So Justin Thomas is playing this week because he's 75th in the FedEx Cup standings. And, you know, he went out in the first round at the open and shot an 82. So um, just, I mean... Is Justin Thomas like unplayable at this point? 
I don't know if I'd go that far, but uh, he's got extra pressure on him. And we always talk about, you know, extra motivation doesn't always lead to success. He's got to play well the next week or two to get into the playoffs. feels like uh, the movie Final Destination, where everyone in the the little spring break trip they went on uh, was just hit by the, the golf curse. Uh, first it was Smiley, and then, uh, and, you know, we haven't seen much from Speed. Ricky went through his thing, and now it's uh, JT's turn. So um, at least he has friends that have been through the up and downs. He knows, you know, what he has to do. He still sounds confident. I don't know if you heard his presser after uh, Thursday's round. He said, you know, nobody out there hit the shots that I did that shot an 81 or whatever. And so he was still very confident in his skills, which is – probably what he needs to be at this point. But uh, yeah, definitely worried about him. Um, I don't know if he's going to make the Ryder Cup team now that, you know, Brian Harmon's probably going to get in on points. So yeah, it's definitely interesting. With all the options the U.S. has, he shouldn't make the Ryder Cup team right now. I know it's weird, uh, but I mean, it's not, it's not a, just a participation thing. And, you know, hey, you played before. I, you just with all the names that they have, I just don't see how he deserves a spot at the moment. And that's not trying to hate on Justin Thomas. I don't have anything against him. But um, just really interesting to see the way his summer has gone and then to start with an 82. To his credit, he played pretty good in the second round, even par. uh, But you weren't recovering from an opening 82. All right, anything else from the tournament last week? Um, It was a huge 6-6 week in DFS. Uh, I faded the chalk Bobby Mack. I was kind of... Uh, tilted when he made it through the cut a few other guys that were fairly popular that kind of snuck their way through so um, and I didn't play any Harmon so my winnings at the end of the week consisted of eight dollars I was happy to get eight dollars back uh, and uh, we'll move on to this week so it wasn't my finest yeah week. yeah your eight dollars was eight more than mine so uh, <laughs> be happy with that and uh, other takeaways um, Stenson with a good week Cam Young gained 17 strokes ball striking. The next closest was 10.4. Pretty incredible. He would have putted even just decent. He would have been uh, the winner. And then your boy, Ryan Fox. We have to bring him up. Seven over after day one and battled back to make the cut. I thought he was a a, a sitting duck there uh, after Thursday. And I looked at the end of Friday, and I see I've got a six of six lineup. I'm like, which lineup has got six out of six? (laughs) Because I, you know, I had basically crossed off the one that had Fox on it. So, uh, yeah, and not like, not that he did much over the weekend, but uh, nice battle back there to get a payday for him. Yep, certainly was. Uh, any other? Did you like the course? I thought the course was awesome. It just didn't provide the best finish. Yeah, the course was fine. You know, it's a it's what you get with Lynx Golf, and uh, Harmon was just you know so far ahead. I mean the the bunkers were what everybody said. You know, you're basically pitching out or depending on where you're at lucky if you get out um yeah I, I had no issues with the course and and just if it would have been a if you would have taken Harmon out of the picture yeah. i mean there would have been like 10 guys in the mix um obviously we can't do that but yeah i think that everybody would be talking about you know how great that finish was if if it weren't for Harmon running away with it so yeah. Uh, what about Rory? Is Rory ever going to put four rounds together again at a major? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it, it's crazy. I mean, and he was pretty good on Sunday. Uh, he was probably well, the, you know. Classic the, Rory. He made like three early birdies, get everyone yeah. excited, and then couldn't make any putts after that. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I don't know. I mean, I think part of it's just expectations are so high that, you know, if a, if a 
a T six finish at a major is a disappointment. I think you're doing you're doing a, you're doing something right. But uh, yeah, I think he'll get one. I think he'll get one next year. But it's probably got to be, you know, pretty soon because it's not like the competition's going anywhere. Especially if Scheffler stays in the form that that he has been in this year, and if Scheffler figures out the putter, like if Scheffler would have been going through this year with a decent putter, I mean, we'd be talking about one of the best seasons you've seen in a decade. So, yeah. Yeah, it's bad. He's missing the hole from like three feet, not even touching the hole, which is something that I do on the golf course. So, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. You're just like Scheffler. <laughs> minus, the, minus the T to green part, just like <laughs> Scheffler. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and transition to a new week. We've got the 3M Open. Uh, we come back from, uh, from the Open Championship uh, across the ocean and uh, get a tournament in Minnesota. Uh, which is a little bit strange, but that's the way the schedule breaks. Uh, obviously, somewhat of a weaker field the, here with it being the week after a major, but uh, I must admit it's a little more exciting than I would have originally expected. Of course, you got guys trying to jockey their way into the FedEx Cup playoffs. That's a primary motivator for some guys at this point, but uh, the field isn't horrible. Uh, obviously, not to the strength that we've seen in the elevated events and, and the majors, but um, there are, are some options and, and, and different price points for us to consider this week. Uh, so why don't you tell everybody what we got for a course here this week? Yeah, I actually like this course quite a bit. It's TPC, Twin Cities, par 71, just over 7,400 yards. Last four winners have each been at least 1,500 par, but um, there's going to be a lot of bogeys and doubles out there because it's one of the most penalizing courses on the PGA Tour. Water's everywhere. Uh, it's playing on 15 holes and – it's not like a, some water hazards where if you hit in the water, you can just drop, you know, right up by the green and then get up and down for bogey. Like a lot of these, you're carrying the water. So if you hit in the water, you're basically hitting from the same shot. So it's like a two-shot penalty. And uh, provides a good finish. There's a drivable par four there. I think it's 16 or 17. And then 18 is uh, a lot of fun. If you hit a good drive, you're going to be hitting your second just right over the water. And uh, we've seen guys make like 11, 13, something like that, because they just keep hitting that same shot onto the green and uh, keep missing. So... Uh, good finish. Um, there's going to be a lot of birdies, going to be a lot of eagles. The green's pretty average size. The fairways, they are pretty wide. But again, um, total driving is probably your best bet because you do not want to stray too far off the the fairways. And I'm not sure if the past winners have really given us a good idea of what it takes to win here because, you know, Finau and Champ, both the years that they won, they gained a bunch of strokes putting, but they're not really good putters. And then you have Michael Thompson, who's kind of an outlier. Then you have Matthew Wolf, who kind of fits the build of uh champ and female so yeah, yeah. i mean it, i think that's at least something to say for uh you can make a case for distance being an advantage here not that it's the be all end all by any means but uh you bring up a good point about the fact that it was their putters and not necessarily just all strokes off the tee uh those in those victories but and i'm with you these are the courses that are fun like if you can have a four shot swing in one hole you know, somebody hits a hits one in the water, and and somebody makes an eagle or something. All of a sudden, boom! You got an eagle and a double bogey, and you got a four shot swing. Like we all talk about, we don't love the birdie fest. Well, we don't love the birdie fest when there's no trouble. You know, these courses that can yield birdies, but then also yield high scores. Um, I think for the most part, almost every golf fan finds these types of of, of venues entertaining. Um, you know, what was it, Congaree that was played a few years ago was kind of like that. We all like that course and want that in the rotation every year. 
Uh, there's a few others, obviously, but I'm with you. I like this course. I like this tournament, um, and I think it should be fun. Yeah, it should be fun. Um, if you're looking at comp courses, I don't mind going with the Florida angle just because there's a lot of uh, water on those courses. I also, I'm also looking at East Lake. That's one of the ones that uh, Data Golf had as one of their comp courses. And I think that's just about it. Um, over 60% of approach shots were from 125 to 200 last year. So not a lot of long approach shots and not a lot of you know short wedges. So if you want to look at those metal irons, I don't mind that. All right. And if you're with us in the chat, we will get a snake draft at the end of the show tonight. Uh, we'll get back to doing that here this week. So uh, stick around and we'll, we'll grab one of those at the end of the show. All right. Start digging in. We've got four golfers up above 10K this week. Uh, Cameron Young, Tony Finau, Sung J.M., Hideki Matsuyama, of course, everybody uh, near the top of the salary scale, you know, our guys that have played last week. Uh, the angle you'll hear from a lot of people as well is travel and time change and all that. I don't want to take the guys who played at the Open, but, I mean, you can't exclude everybody that's, you know, near the top. So how much stock are you putting into that, and who do you like above 10K? Yeah, I'm not putting too much stock into the travel angle. I think if you didn't play either event last week, that's probably maybe helpful. There's a couple guys up here in the, the 8 and 9Ks that I don't mind using that angle with, but the best golfers were in the field last week, so I don't think you necessarily discount any of them. Above 10K, I think I like Cam Young. Um, Finau just hasn't been in good form. I know he's got the course history and all that, but, uh, yeah, I can't get away from those 17 strokes ball striking last week for Young. I talk about a course that, you know, rewards good driving. He's probably one of the best in the world. And uh, he's number one in that proximity range from 125 to 200 this year. So I think it kind of lines up well for him. We've talked about bad putters kind of having success here in the past. And that's kind of been his weakest part of his game. So I like Young. Um, Sungjae is kind of coming around, but it's not. it just hasn't been with the ball striking. So that worries me a little bit. And then Hideki, I think Hideki's fine. I mean, he's been playing well, T7 here in 2018. But, uh, yeah, what about you? Who do you like up there? Yeah, I'm going to play some Finau just because I like the way the course sets up for him. Um, if you go if you go over a longer sample, the last 50 rounds, he leads this field in approach play. Uh, if you go down to last 36 rounds, he's fifth. So, uh, and I like Young, too, for the reasons that you pointed out. So I think those two are clearly my favorite. If I'm going to go up here, um, you know, I'll go to one of those guys. Uh, Hideki's tee to green game has been pretty good, too. I think Sungjae is probably the odd man out here for me. Um, he's just been, you know, merely above average in most departments, and the approach play has been uh, a little more underwhelming if you look at those, you know, 24, 36 round sample sizes. So. Yeah, I am still torn between Young or Finau and then uh, as my number one overall and then probably Matsuyama after that. But uh, I think you can also, you know, make some builds that start with the 9Ks. I don't think you want to go completely balanced and, you know, start with like a 8,900 golfer this week. I think there's probably too much win equity tied up in the 9 and, and 10K range to do that, but uh, you can certainly start in the nines if you want. And we got Grillo, Straka, both coming off top tens. Uh, Aberg obviously has been playing real well since he started on the PGA Tour. We've already talked about Thomas. You know, he's obviously motivated to try to get into the playoffs. Uh, you've got Gary Woodland, great at everything except for the short game, which has been horrendous. You've got our DFS boy Jaeger in here. Uh, where are you looking in the, the nine case? 
Yeah, I'm just pushing my chips all in on the ball striking angle this week. So give me Grillo uh, 9,700 and give me Gary Woodland at 9,200. Woodland's been the best ball striker in the field. He'll probably lose six or seven strokes putting, but uh, he's making a bunch of cuts. So um, the volatility is kind of gone. He did finish T11 here in 2021. And then Grillo, I mean, he's been in good form. T6 last week at the Open and two top three finishes here. And he's a guy that does kind of turn it around with the putting over the last year. So those are my two favorites. Don't mind going to Ludwig Aberg. Um, I do think this is a good course for him, yeah. given the, the driving angle. And, I mean, I always play a little bit of Jaeger, but I was hoping he was going to be a lot cheaper. Yeah, 9K surprised me as well. And so with the – I still have the thirty six last 36-round stats pulled up. Last 36 rounds, Grillo is – 122nd in this field in around the green and fourth in putting. I'm not sure what to make of that. Um, I mean, he's just he's chipping at the 12 feet and then making it two years ago. You know, he, he would have been 122nd in putting. Um, you know, he was Luke List with the putter a few years back, but uh, maybe it's been longer than two years. That time goes so fast, but um, I mean, I never would have thought at that time that he would become like an elite putter. Uh, I'm sure the true number, you know, over a multiple year sample will probably end up landing somewhere in between there, but he certainly isn't a slouch with the putter anymore. And uh, I do like him this week as well. Uh, Aberg uh, on a course that will reward, you know, aggressive pin hunting. I think we'll make a ton of birdies this week. Um, I like him the most probably in this range. I can't play Thomas right now. Um, I'm always a sucker for Woodland too. So you just hope that, you know, he doesn't miss too many putts. Um, and Jaeger too expensive for me. I think we're pretty much in alignment here. Uh, did you mention Straka? What do we do about him? I mean, obviously won the John Deere, uh, went over and, you know, was in the mix last week. Uh, is he a guy that maybe we think fatigue could be a factor at this point? Uh, is he overperforming? What do we do with him? For me, it's just hard to pay. 9,500, given the fact that he was, you know, 2K cheaper a couple weeks ago, and he's probably going to be popular given the form. So I don't mind the course fit, anything like that. Um, but I just think overpriced and overowned is a bad combo for me. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I'm okay with that as well. Uh, give me Grillo, give me Aberg, give me Woodland in this range. I think we pretty much agree on almost everybody there. All right, so let's go ahead and move down into the uh, the 8K range here. We've got Adam Hadwin. Uh, we've got Keith Mitchell. Interested to hear if Noto will go back to the well on Patrick Rogers after being burned last week, though it wasn't necessarily his fault there at the end. Um, I really like this course for JT Poston, uh, who has quietly been playing better of late. Uh, these are the types of events where he just tends to play well because he can make birdies. Um, you know, he, we've seen him win easy field uh, or easy course uh, events, you know, before he's finished 28th and 11th in his two trips here. Um, feels like he could be priced right where Jaeger is and, you know, nobody would really bat an eye. Maybe doesn't stand out quite as much statistically. Um, Mark Hubbard actually leads this field in approach play in the last 36 rounds. Uh, I know Noto is generally a pretty big fan of Norman, and he he, he did well for you a couple weeks ago. Uh, so, you know, while this range, they kind of feel overpriced in a weaker field, um, there's some guys that have been showing some ceiling here. So Poston is my favorite. Um, don't mind Lucas Glover as well. Another guy that if you can just cover your eyes with the short game, he's had some pretty good results here. Uh, what do you think about this 8K range? Yeah, you mentioned Lucas Glover there at the end. He's going to be my favorite play. So he switches putter. He went with the, the broomstick and uh, the lab putter. Um, that's kind of been the, the Siwoo's done it. Adam Scott's done it. And uh, it's working for him. He gained 5.4 strokes uh, at the Rocket Mortgage, gained 3.6 at John Deere, and then, you know, al almost won the Barbasol the week after that. So three straight top sixes. I think it's a course that fits his game. The ball striking has been really good. Um, so I do like Lucas Glover quite a bit. I agree with Poston. Um, he's been – he's just solid, um, solid in all aspects. And kind of the same goes for Adam Hadwin. Uh, I like him quite a bit at 8,900. He didn't play neither event last week. I think that's a small positive. And he does have uh, two top six finishes here. Everyone else, it just kind of feels like you're playing the ownership angle. Um, I mean, if you're a Tigala truther, probably not going to get lower ownership on him ever again because he's 0 for 2 here and he's missed back-to-back -back cuts and he's expensive. So uh, if you do like Tigala just in general, it's probably a good week to play him um, ownership-wise. And then your boy Keith Mitchell, I don't know why he's this expensive. I mean, he, he was almost dead last at the Barracuda last week. Yeah, and when he gets going good, like when he gets – in the right frame of mind like that's when he can rip off top finishes when he starts to get going bad it usually spirals for a little bit uh and you kind of see these ebbs and flows with him all the time so uh, i'm a keith mitchell fan I, I wouldn't be disappointed if he wins uh but probably one of those spots that you know maybe you throw a little bet on him or something or you play him in the showdown and hope you you kick one good round but i think the full week tournaments this week i i'm not playing him Yep, the only other guy is Mark Hubbard, who really bad off the tee and everything else is great. So if he can drive it straight for one week, uh, I think he'll be okay. And if he doesn't, he's probably going to miss the cut. 
We're gonna hit hit about four uh, four retees there if he hits a few drives in the water. I mean, he's number one in approach. Yeah. Well, number two and number four over the last year. So. And off and off the tees, probably <laughs> bottom third. He's uh, 133rd and 129th oh. in, the, in the two. Worse than that's bottom. That's bottom <laughs> tenth right there. Uh, what about your boy Norman? I mean, I. He, I usually am on a guy until he wins for me, and then uh, I'm okay just you know letting enjoying the ride after that. I uh, played pretty well last week, but for what it's worth, one of the events he won was the it was one of those alternate events, right? I, I uh, Barbasol, Barbasol a couple weeks ago. Uh, that was the during the first uh, Scottish Open event there before the Open Championship. Norman picked up a W. If people are wondering what he won, because nobody else was paying attention that week to the Barbasol, but uh, good for Norman and and good for anybody that was on him or bet him that week, uh, like Noto. So, all right, um, this uh, as we get into the seven K range, it gets really interesting because there is a complete lack of course history here. Uh, Rye, Hoygaard, Cole, Pendrith, Akshay. Um, Ryan Fox, like these guys have never played here almost the whole group uh, until you get to champ uh, who won here a couple years ago. You know, Akshay's coming off the win last week uh, in that uh, alternate field event. Uh, I just, I don't love a lot here from 7,500 to 7,900. Uh, I don't think there's anybody in, you know, form to the point that you have to play. Um, maybe Eric Cole qualifies for some people. Uh, but even his off the tee numbers are a little sketchy. So I don't know if you can sell me on somebody in here, I'll play him. Cause I don't have any, <laughs> anybody above 7,500 to 8k in my pool right now. So Eric Cole is probably going to be popular. Easy guy to like, uh, you mentioned the off the tee numbers, um, his stats as a whole, almost exactly the same as Mark Hubbard. Um, he's a little bit worse on approach and then much better putter than Hubbard, but, uh, the off the tee is the issue. So if he hits fairways, I think he's going to be very good this week. If he doesn't, it's going to be uh, a disaster. Um, Alex Norin's somewhat interesting to me. Um, he's a guy that, uh, when I ran those course comps that I mentioned at the top of the show, he was number two in the field. Um, so he likes courses with a lot of water around him. I'm interested to, you're not going to play Ryan Fox. Well, I suppose I'm, uh, I don't know. It's just a weird you know, we're so used to him only playing in these Euro events and now he's playing over here more and he's coming back from, you know, playing the open. And I, I don't know. And I'm not putting much stock into the travel angle either. I just don't know. I don't know how to feel about Ryan Fox. He's a little, he's a little hit or miss at times. And there's a lot of water here. Like it, I could All see right. him shooting a, you know, a 66 or a 78. See, I was, I was on the fence with him, too, and I was hoping you would talk me into him so I could just uh, cross yeah, that one off. I mean, list. I suppose he's all right, but, I, yeah, I don't feel as good about him as I usually do. I do like I'm, Austin. I'm, I've dumped Ryan Fox, and I'm going back to Doug Gim. Okay, yeah, I, I, for the first time ever, I like Doug Gim, which is going to be <laughs> interesting, um, which is actually – it might be good because I've been right on him, you know, 90% of events because I never play him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, now – but sorry, drive by on uh, on our boy there, uh, Doug Gim. But uh, Austin Eckrode, I do like him. T16 here in 2021. His numbers are just solid across the board. And he let everyone down a few weeks ago when he was like 25% or something. So hopefully uh, he's not going to be too popular. And I do like Cbez as well. I just think the course sets up well for him. Um, and he's another one of those guys that plays well around water for whatever reason. 
All right. Uh, yeah, I will not have that much exposure to that range, obviously, for reasons that uh, I just mentioned. Just can't really get completely sold. I'm fine with Cole, but if Cole ends up being like 20 plus percent, I don't want to play him as that kind of chalk either. So that brings us to Doug Gim at 7,400. Uh, one of my faves, obviously, to target, you know, about a year ago. Uh, we, we, we abandoned the Doug Gim train when it fell off the tracks kind of in the spring. Uh, but quietly from May to July, 27th, 19th, 12th, 15th, 33rd, 26th, missed the cut at the Scottish, but I am not concerned about that. I mean, that's not his type of course. Um, the putter is always going to be the, you know, kind of the riskier spot with him, uh, but he has been at least competent with that lately. And if you look at everything off the tee approach, you know, ball striking tee to green over the last, you know, two, three months. Uh, he's in the top quarter of this field and basically everything except for putting. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get back on the Doug Gim bandwagon this week at 7,400. Um, you know, lots of names here in the lower 7K range. Nobody, obviously, that's playing great because that's why they're this cheap in a, in a relatively weak field. But who are you liking down here? Yeah, Mr. Gerg in the chat says, Doug Game and Garrigus. Uh, remember when Garrigus was your guy? Oh, yeah. Garrigus, <laughs> that, that wasn't a fad for uh, uh, as long, but uh, we did hit Garrigus think, uh, a few times. We talked about it last week. You put five bucks on somebody. I think it was Garrigus. It was like it probably 300 was. to one or something. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, I agree on Doug Gim. Uh, if you take out the miscut of the Scottish, you know, six straight top 35s. Um, and I'm fine playing the ball striking bad putter angle. He's got a couple top 20s here. I like Ches Reavy. He's been good here and he's gained over 20 strokes on approach in his last uh, four events. He's one of those guys going to hit the fairway. So he's probably going to avoid those big numbers. And then. I don't know. Do we go back to Peter Quest? Yeah, I was just thinking about him right when I after I got done talking about Gim. Like, if you think if you think that uh, distance off the tee is important, I mean, you know, the bomber angle has some merit. Then then that's your guy. Um, I, I think there's a ceiling there. Like, there's some risk. Obviously, his his approach numbers haven't been great, but he can get it out there a long way. I don't hate it. Yeah, I don't hate it either. Uh, I can take advantage of the par fives, the drivable par four. Um, he could miss the cut by a mile, but the small sample that we have of him has been pretty good off the tee and pretty good putting. Anyone else in this range? Are you playing, you know, Sam Bennett or anybody? Maybe Brandon Wu. His numbers are okay. Um, not spectacular, but I think he's relatively safe. Uh, probably a pass on Ryan Palmer. Uh, his, his putter's gone ice cold and you know he'll find the water a couple times he'll be right there on the cut line like we always talk about um it's probably it above 7k i think yeah it if you want to play distance sam stevens He's yeah i don't mind that, that either play, but uh not a must by any means i think i'd play quest first and but uh, if you're building the you know risk reward lineup um yeah, I don't find like Billy Horschel, the mighty have fallen hard with Horschel being 7,100 in this field uh, and not being viable. But uh, we get into kind of the 6Ks. I think there are some options here this week. Um, and Michael Kim continues to be a great follow on uh, Twitter or X, uh, whatever they want to call that now. But uh, he posted a lot of great information prior to last week's tournament. He's in the field this week. 
Um, he's slowed down a bit, but still having a pretty solid year. Uh, CT Pan, I think, is a guy that's relatively interesting. I think his last five tournaments, like three missed cuts and two top tens. Um, you know, if you're down here, just seek some upside at uh, 68, 6,900. Uh, Pan did finish 31st here last year. You're not going to find any, you know, glaring, obvious must plays down in this range. Certainly not as many options as we saw last week, but anything standing out to you or your model in the 6Ks? Yeah, I was going to say, Kim, I think he's spending too much time on Twitter ever since uh, he started letting everyone in on uh, the courses and with the behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, form has tailed his, off. His form has tailed off. And then did you see uh, Greg Chalmers posted you know, a, a text message he got from the payouts from the no. Barracuda? <laughs> so he posted it, and then it said, like, uh, payments are delayed. If you have any questions, reach out to this email address. And he, he marked it out, but it was like a clear black marker. So you can clearly oh, see that. Okay, I pulled it up right now. So this poor uh, email address from PJ Tour is just going to get. Oh, yep. You zoom in, and I can see <laughs> the whole email address. you got to use a mark. got to use a permanent marker and not a faded one. Uh, and he did not win it. I didn't win anything, so it's thumbs up. Uh, oh, that was pretty funny. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't mind Kevin Roy down there. He's a guy I bring up a lot. Top 30 in total driving and top 20 in approach. So everything else is bad, but uh, I don't mind him. I, other than that, I don't really like anybody in the 6Ks. Yeah, not not too much down here. I'm going to play some CT Pan. Um, maybe go back to some Carson Young, but he's tailed off a bit the last couple tournaments. That was fun for a little while. Uh, but outside of that, not too much I like down here either. All right, let's try to find a snake draft. Uh, again, if you're not familiar, we try to do a snake draft on DraftKings at the end of the show. Uh, generally just a six-person snake draft nowadays. Uh, the 12s became a little bit too hard to fill. But uh, if you do not wish to hear a little bit of dead air and some discussion of the snake draft, uh, feel free to, uh, to tune out now. But uh, before you do... Uh, make sure you leave us a thumbs up on the video. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the Rotor Grinders YouTube channel. Uh, appreciate that uh, very much to help beat the YouTube algorithms there. Uh, and if you are interested in the uh, the snake draft, uh, stay tuned. So thanks to those of you who are hopping off. And uh, as always, we appreciate you checking us out.